I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Along to the Wise Men Say podcast, we're back in the studio after doing like loads of reaction shows. We've never actually sat down and spoke about football for a while. Uh, myself and Gareth tonight are joined by Wise Men Say's Gary Foster. Evening. Been a while, Gary, isn't it? A little bit, isn't it? I think it was a few months. Has it been this season? Lazy. He's been, this season? He's been out injured. Been out longer than uh, Adam Matthews. Well, we'll what, talk three about weeks. We'll talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been longer <laughs> than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, been out longer than Duncan Watmore. Ooh. Also, uh, I love Supremes editor Martin McFadden is with us. You didn't know what call him then, did you? Oh, cause, oh, you, you usually call he, me worse he likes, things. He likes to roll out this head honcho thing, doesn't he? <laughs> I've put that in the thing. Have you? There you go, then there you go. Then he we'll likes go to that. roll it out. <laughs> I don't know if I do. <laughs> throw him under the bus. <laughs> I don't know who uses, decides to use that, Martin. Um, but we were here last talking about Sunderland before three home games, and we were all saying, okay... The draws need to stop now. If we win these three home games, we're off and we're sailing into the sunset. And of course, our return of five points from those three games is not is five points yet. Five points from those three games. Uh, I think the fact the the last the win came in the last of the three, Martin, helps a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I was I was thinking the same thing. Obviously, going into that game, it was like we've got to win this one. But then I thought that about the Blackpool in the Akron yeah. game and the Oxford game as well. Um, but it's almost as if we got away with it a bit, to be honest with you, with the other results. And obviously the draws aren't that bad, but some of them, especially the Oxford one before that, seemed like a defeat because it came late. Um, but then it just shows that if you do actually get three points and other people drop points, we're, we're looking mm. in an okay position. But only if we followed up with another win this weekend, in my opinion. Yeah, well, it just makes people more frustrated, I think, doesn't it? Because I think the fact that we are saying that um, we've only two defeats this season was still saying. But of course, you could have afforded a couple of more defeats and turned a couple of those draws into wins and we'd be better off. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been a bit of a bone of contention with some sections of the support. Um, the fact that we aren't able to turn these draws into wins and it's been disappointing to watch at times and people have even been questioning whether Ross knows what he's doing with the team selection, which I think is a bit harsh, but... It's out there. Um, it's reactive, that, I think. It is. It, it, is tends to have settled nature, down. Yeah. it tends to settle down before the next game, doesn't it? Well, as long as... It's like if, um, you know, if uh, Greg had took those chances, then we probably wouldn't be having this conversation mm. because whether we played well or not, um, it would have been swept under the carpet. People would have been just focusing on the results. And um, obviously, he didn't take those chances. We only got drugs. And all of a sudden, the knee jerks out and people are starting to panic a bit. 
Yeah, I think people have been focusing on Grigg, but I think the defence is more of a problem over those games where the fact that, you know, obviously we couldn't keep a clean sheet and we really struggled against some some strong players um, from the likes, you know, against Blackpool and and Gillingham and then obviously later on against Oxford. But then then also, like, Akron played some decent football and we struggled to cope with that in midfield. Um, It seems to me that the level of football in this league is a lot higher than... Than, than what we than what we accept a lot of the time we got teams are just not going to roll over against us other you know it's, and, it's and not easy no, and there's no doubt they're raising the game and I think the the two defeats thing is relevant when it comes to that because um, yes we might be better off points wise if we if we'd lost a couple and turned a couple of the draws into wins but I do think that t- other teams we look and think it's not easy to beat them and it's impact on how sides play against us I think because. Time and time again, they're delighted to leave the stadium of light with a draw. And uh, well, look, where Luton celebrated their point yeah. here, and they, you know, they're on an unbelievable run. I think the the draws thing <clears throat> is a has been a bit of a hot topic, and, and Ross has suggested himself. You know, well, if we had turned half of those draws and uh, defeats and half of them into wins, would be in a better position than we are, and, and that's fine. But <clears throat> I think it reflects an attitude in the team that they won't lose they won't get beaten and you know that's a good mm. it's a good I think it's, it's a good, good it's have. a good measure of mm. the kind of players we have at the club at the moment and, and the the mental strengths that have been instilled in them because you know the, over, we all know over the last few years how mentally weak we've been um, and you know that seems to that monkey seems to have gone from the back and I think those the fact we've only got the two defeats does bear that out um, on the board obviously it's frustrating because you want more than you know you, you want more points on the board but we're not far off the if we win the next two games we'll be back with two points a game and um, we've still got the game in hand on Barnsley which is in and Barnsley are away to Portsmouth at the weekend so you know win whatever we do at the weekend if we win the game sorry whatever happens in that game's a, a bonus I think probably I'd prefer at this stage a Portsmouth win mm. um just to pull Barnsley back a little bit um and and you know, I think I don't think uh, they've won in seven. I don't think Portsmouth, and they should have got beat the other night. The Bristol Rovers missed a penalty. Yeah, did you right, see yeah. it? Did you see the penalty? <laughs> Chris Waddle, Italian name, yeah, wasn't that, it? It was yeah. where he scored the first one, and maybe that's why we yeah. uh, switched the taker for the second penalty. Um, because mm. it's psychologically, it's a difficult. What do you you think about them, or don't? You, if you're taking two penalties, you've already scored one. Because um, you're thinking about, you know, they were put at the same place. Well, you don't lean back and hit it as hard as you can. No, well, maybe you, th- you maybe you just thought you'd roof it and then booty hit the roof of the stand instead of the net. So well, We've been throwing reaction shows of people, so we have been... Have we re- thrown them, have we? have been reacting to the games, haven't we? But yeah, let's, just, let's just look at the last three games and, uh, quickly and just maybe give them a brief uh, summary because they're all very different to each other. And then we'll get on to where we think we are and look at, look at this weekend's game. So uh, the first game at home to Blackpool, wasn't it? I'm trying to think. Now. Yeah, it was. Blackpool yeah. three. It was only just over and, a week ago. And I did see the reaction show after that, actually. I did think we'd draw that game just because Blackpool had hit a bit of form. Um, and I did just have a feeling we wouldn't quite get it done. But uh, thoughts on that game, generally? Can, can anyone remember? The old merging, don't they? We played, I wasn't that... It was, that one's like sort of less important. It felt as though that, the other two, you know, I think in terms of performance, it was a foot, it was a step in the right direction. That in terms of the way we we were more open, and I know you mentioned the defence before, mm. Martin. Maybe we just need to 
outscore teams decide we're going to well, do, instead we'll, of trying to be well we'll get, oh, well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get on that because I, I think that's yeah. relevant to the Accrington game particularly yeah. I think the Blackpool game people will remember Will Grigg missed a couple of good chances on yeah. his home debut mm. uh, he also missed a good chance in the next game against Accrington which was a significant game because we were awful first half now I think there's been one episode of this podcast this season where we've questioned whether four four two could work what we certainly didn't um, advocate was playing George Honeyman in a midfield pairing in the four four two, and we just got overrun that game, didn't we? At Britain until until we got back into it later on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think they were decent, and they weren't just two from the ball forward, but they were coming through the midfield and <clears throat> and they looked tidy, but we allowed them to overrun us. And this for was sure. a team who hadn't scored. Yeah, exactly. In two thousand nineteen, and therefore hadn't won or drawn. Mm. Mm. I think had they lost six in a row or something. Um, I think they hadn't scored in in 2019 until they played us. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, they hadn't won a game obviously because you got to score a goal to win a game. Yeah, but he said that they had they not I think drawn they lost a game. I, I, just, lost I was just commenting. Had they lost he six? Was just, you're just repeating the things that we just said yeah, ourselves anyway. Sorry. He's sat in the other room, isn't he? Getting the cans <laughs> in. <laughs> um, despite the, you know, the, we did come out with that. Um, drawn 2-2 and we probably should have won the game we, we played that well the atmosphere actually was massive contrast wasn't it because I think the, the fans were starting to get a little bit frustrated but we were, we had that little spell after half time where, mm. we, where we scored the two goals and the stadium was like was probably as loud as I can remember it in the last couple of years and no it sounded good and it was obviously just set up for us to come back and win it and for Greg to score the winner but it just, it just mm. didn't happen I mean I, w- I watched that Second half, and Mickey Luff actually came and sat next to me, and we were saying this would be a, this could it's be the experience big. watching a game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, a man who admits himself to have football Tourette's. <laughs> That's nothing I'm it's nothing I'm not used yeah. to. Um, that that could have been a big moment. We were saying if we get a goal and, and the turning point, as it was, it wasn't to be. Uh, I think it was vital we didn't lose that game though. Uh, but then on to the next game and a good performance. I, I think four two. I think. Was um, I think it flattered, it flattered them. them. Yeah, no, it was exactly what I was going to say. I think 4-2 <coughs> flattered them. If we'd won 6-1, I, th- I think people would have been, yeah, fair enough mm. in that game. We, we needed that performance, didn't we? Yeah. We did, but at the same time, we let them back into the game, didn't we? And, it was, and that, was the, that was the irritating thing for me. I, f- I feel like ever since Dunn made that mistake late on in Oxford, he's lacked confidence and, and he's been struggling where I think he's good and he's strong in the air and that's why... He seems the first choice centre half while he's playing Baldwin or Flanagan, depending on sort of his misses being in labour or he was he was almost rotating them at one mm. point, which I've never known anyone rotate centre halves because you want a settled lineup. And although they have been <clears throat> good throughout the season, obviously they've lacked that they've lacked that strength that Dunn's got. But I'm just wondering whether whether Dunn. Should be taken out and, and rested for a little while because I think he's I think he's struggling when when people are people running at him on the ground or trying to play the balls down the channel. It's a popular opinion that Gary. Yeah, just like Martin said about the defence, it always seems to have an error in it. Um, and particularly in the last game, the second goal was really really scrappy, and, and, and so many defenders seemed to be out of position. The guy con- just had yeah. so much time to put that ball in the net, and that is a concern. We've conceded a few. Where we failed to clear the ball and it's come back in and they've, you know, had men over and, and scored. I think, but we the big thing against Barnsley was one where Gooch like sliced the ball and it was Honeyman against. I think the thing is as um, well in the last game, wasn't it? Give the ball away for a second. Yeah, goal. I think it was a few. There was a few, few had a bite of the chair. It was similar to that one you talked about with Gooch there. Honeyman yeah. sort of 
unlike him really because he's normally really composed had a chance to clear it and he just give it to one of their players and the, the scored from it yeah. straight away I, I'd, it was poor defending particularly for the second one but it was still I was watching that game I was never worried at either equaliser by Gillingham I, I, I always thought we'd go to win the game because we were playing that well and then this goes back to what Gareth was saying there that it was the approach we took against Barnsley where we, we've almost got to think He's concentrated a lot on trying to keep it tight at the back, and I think it's been the, to the detriment of our uh, overall player. And uh, like Gareth said, there it's almost like we sh- we have the squad and the players to go toe to toe, and it's not a tactic we would normally, you know, want because we used to play in Premier League football, I and mean, you could never do that in the Premier League with a squad Sunderland have had. But in the context of the squad we have for this league, it seems to me like the best tactic. Maybe, but the danger is that you get a night where or an afternoon where you don't take your chances. And we've always got a mistake in us. So you get into the stage now where we're looking to score two or three to know that we've got the game in the bag because there's always a mistake, there's always a goal there. Um, And it's great when it comes up, it's great to watch. But it literally is, if you have a bad day at the office up top, then you know the lads at the back's not going to keep them out so mm. I think that's one of the reasons why we've been getting so many but draws. that goes back to the thing well, doesn't it where we say well okay well you might take a couple of two one defeats on the chin but the majority of those draws we've had had we gone gone hard, there would be an argument yeah. to say we would have won yeah, the game yeah certainly since mm. Christmas I think before Christmas I would say the draws early in the season were a consequence of maybe the side settling down a little bit mm. um, but we did you know batter a few well yeah batter a few teams at the start of the season you know had a couple of you know, fours and a few threes. Um, obviously, against Scunthorpe, we absolutely destroyed them in the first well, half. Chilling really well, yeah. You know, <clears throat> you know, Barnsley who scored four at home, Rochdale who scored four at home. Um, you know, even when we went two nil down at uh, at um, who did we go to? Also, um, okay. we you know came back into the game with ten men. With ten men, and you know, we I would argue even a two one against Portsmouth. You know, we had a we had a chance in the game um, you know they went 3-1 up and, and killed it but before that you know there was a chance in the game we pulled one back against Burton in the other defeat and you know could have got an equaliser mm. um, we're generally making it hard for ourselves though aren't we um, but I suppose at the same time in for the past six or seven years or however long when we've just been trying to stay up you know haven't it's, it's we haven't had this pressure on winning every mm. week I think one of the things we've struggled with not so much against Gillingham but Blackpool and Accurton, it's like how much they were trying to wind down the clock, and even mm. Luton were like even in the first half, oh, you know, those teams went, and then it frustrates the crowd, and then that's and then that's does it know. frustrate the crowd because the players don't? This is we're like a broken record with this. Does it frustrate the crowd because the players don't do? When the goalkeeper starts time wasting after well, sixty minutes, mm. the players should be in the referee's ear saying, "Book him." It doesn't matter mm. if it's only 60 minutes in the game. He's wasting time. If you book him on 60 minutes, he's not going to do it again. Well, look, look it, at it. Look at it. He was the other night. So he wanted a penalty. Yeah. So he decided he's going to get one. He's going to try and get one. And he all he, he tried to get involved with Dunn. And Dunn fell for it. So he was trying to like get tight to him and put his, put his arm around him. And then there was like a harmless ball over the top that went out of play. And he was like into the linesman. Like going, he's fouling us, he's pulling us. And he was like going on like he'd been like a wronged man you know he's been like fuming about the fact he should have had a penalty he knows it's not a penalty but he's putting pressure on now people have got you know respect the referee and all that that's fine but at the end of the day look at look at that situation against Blackpool where they went the guy's gone down with an injury we've kicked it out or they've kicked it out of play 
to waste time and we've thrown the ball oh, no, out for a know. goal kick and you're like and that, stop, and, and, just don't don't let them and, do it they'll and, stop time they'll t- and you know what would happen as well if in that situation if we decide to keep the ball it would spark a, a f- mm. like some fume because they would someone go flying it would from them it creates a melee the crowd all get lifted because like it's created like a boost in the energy and sometimes it can work to your advantage if you if you do it the right way you know, yeah. maybe no, and, uh, because the crowd frustration is a mix of a few things. Yeah, yeah. yes, it's it's a couple of missed players passes, but it's also at the referee. It's at the players not dealing with the time wasting. It's at the opposition team for the time wasting. It's a little bit of everything, isn't it? Yeah, well, stop. You know, it would stop people time wasting. I mean, if if we don't give don't give the ball back to them when they're doing that, then they're not going to do it again, are they? Or they can do it again, and we'll just play the, We'll just play our own way. The first time they keep a time wastes, and it's generally about sixty minutes in, they need a book, and then and then they won't do it again. And it sets a tone, doesn't it? And but the players, and I would love to ask Jack Ross this question. Actually, I might just ask James to ask him about the next yeah. reaction. For I'll get Barnsley to ask him where and he, why are the players not doing it. And it seems so simple, doesn't it? And and just just and it goes back to what we said about um, Max Power's red card at Walsall, and our players yeah. just stood there and let it happen, and all their players surrounded the referee yeah. and, and and got him a red card. Yeah. In the day if you don't raise your, if you don't raise your hands and do stu- something stupid like that but you know get in there and like you know get in get in if they're surrounding the referee then go and you know stand up for gets you. a crowd up as well it does it it'd, be does. Inter- it'd be interesting to see if it's come from like the management team because we've all sort of seen football at every level like even Sunday Park just because Seb Larson played for so it's, long that yeah. and there's <laughs> you know there's not many instances where Players don't get involved, and aren't they? And our lot, see, like you say, seem to be standing off and not getting involved, not getting in the referees here. And yet, you, every other level, even in the Premier League or Sunday morning and Thompson, Thompson Park, everybody's on the ref, everybody's on the linesman, and all that. It's all, also on, on free kicks. Like when we when we get a free kick, their players just whoever it is just stand right next to the ball the whole time. And I did like I said, I don't know if it's because we've been. The team that's been trying to waste time or hold on to things in the past. That I was thinking, does this does this only happen in League One where you get away with it? Because obviously it's tempting just to kick the ball mm. against the player, mm. and then quite often the referee's forced to then book them. But instead, we try to move it around them, or we don't, or we push them away, and then and then you risk getting booked. But the, the actually, it does make you wonder whether Jack Ross has mm. maybe got an attitude. You know, like Clough used to always say, just never argue with the referee. Get on with the game. And over the season, you'll get more fraud because referees don't like the way that certain teams well, go it's on. Not working on how many red cards? Maybe it's because yeah. Honeyman's quite a young captain, so he mm. hasn't like developed that side of his game. But now you've got Cat- being you, awesome. when you've got Catamore and Ledbetter yeah. in there, you know. But obviously, Catamore hasn't really. He's played one game yeah, recently this, this, this year. Recently, yeah. yeah. Mm. That was a big call to put Catamore in. Uh, I mean, Stephen Elliott said to me before the game, "I'll play Catamore," and I was like. Mm, I was surprised be, be, because he, I mean we love, we love Catamore but he takes so long normally to get in the swing of things when he's been injured doesn't he that's and the that's problem he, yeah. he, obviously when he's on his game like he was earlier in the season you know people were saying he's the best player in, in this league um, I mean whether that's true or not as some people say about McGeady and then and then that's debatable as well how effective he is but obviously when he gets Quite injured yeah, 10 goals a season right? mm. this is it but when he gets injured or suspended Catamore which is obviously a lot more often than would prefer it does take him two or three games to get back and then sometimes by that point he's injured or suspended again. But he put him straight in and I thought him and Ledbetter looked like the real deal. 
Mm. Outstanding, and of course they need legs around them. So yeah. this this is important going forward. <coughs> if those play, we almost have to get the front foot because those three players in front of them need it. They're going to oh, have to do a lot of running and buzzing I've, around. I've thought for a while if you just have that solid base mm. in front of the defence, which let's face it isn't that solid, the fullbacks can sh- can like do what they want. Then the rest of the team's pretty creative in, in midfield and attack. And then when we lose the ball, you've got Ledbetter and Catamore with two centre halves behind them. That's that's enough for me. What I, what I would say on that though. What I was concerned about and I don't like is that we don't close the ball down and when they get into the space in front of the in front of the box, they're happy to let them shoot from distance and We don't shoot enough from distance either, as another thing. Yeah, because a, a lot of the time these teams like sky, don't they? But they then do, but then one if it goes in the top goals, corner, like the Blackpool then, goal no, and stuff, you Blackpool, know. Blackpool, um Walsall was one of them, uh, you know, Walsall twice, once in the FA Cup, once in the league. Um Scunthorpe away um, where he stuck one in the top corner um, but what he remembers I, everything yeah, I want to say <laughs> McGeady at the moment I really like his attitude and I thought it was his, I thought he had his best game of the season um, the other night I thought he got the game by the scruff of the neck he was everywhere he should have. He could have had a hat trick on it. Last half now game when he lost the ball he was or oh, when yeah. we didn't have the ball he was he was tucking into like on the opposite wing and stuff like that, which you wouldn't notice no. if he wasn't doing. I just think he's turned into a bit of a. I mean, like he's had the captain's arm on a few times mm. a season, but I really like. He seems like a really bright bloke, quite intelligent. Mm. And I think he's really like stepped up in his, this season and tried to be a leader. You know, he plays for a. He's played for big clubs through his career, and he's he's playing with a bunch of people who've been playing. You know, f- for. In some cases, teams in you know League Two, League One, all the careers or a lot of the career, bottom end championship clubs, teams in Scotland, and he's he's played for you know in Champions League and all that, and it's like almost like he's realised the responsibility that he's got to try and still, you know, you know in the way the way he handled the Grig thing where he's said you know get, get yourself a goal because he knows how important that will be going forward for the rest mm-hmm. of the season all that in in the heat of the moment. The fact that he's got the composure to make those decisions on the pitch, I think some people maybe have. Do you think the stereotypes or types of players, isn't there? Like a winger shouldn't be the captain because the you know the streaky and the you know the drifting. I think, I think out it's because they get isolated and, from matches. Yeah, you know? and, they, they have, and then set, but centre halves are a good captain because they're like mm. you know all like, involved but, in everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but like with there's, him, it there's, just there's, is some, there's some logic in that. I think. We're, we're, no, we're, but I'm we're, saying. I think, I think for his experience, like you say, he's a good backup captain. Like yeah, when yeah. he was captain of Charlton and a couple of the games, and I think I think that's like a tip of the hats to him. But you know, quite often players like him and other flair players <clears throat> aren't as involved in the game and in training. It's you're looking for the odd thing that they'll do, and if it comes off, they win you the game. If if it doesn't, then then they don't. But it's you know, I think since he's kind of got his head around playing in League One. And he got his fitness back up because he did have an injury. Well, he didn't play till September. He didn't. Well, that's what know, I'm he, saying. Like, he did. He, he, he had a reoccurrence of an old yeah. injury, and he, so he didn't have a preseason. It took him a while to get that fitness, and and also just people putting two men on him all the time. You know, he seems to. Really, I think this is a situation where um, we come in and we talk about tactics, and we say we think this player should play there, and we talk about shapes we've been doing already the game uh, already today. But I think. Ada McGeady for this season is one where I just want to sit back as a football fan and just enjoy watching him play. I don't want to see him out the team ever. And whether sometimes that comes at the cost of other things, 
because he, you might say he might not do enough off the ball here or there. I don't care. He's he's got the quality to score or to assist every single game. And the bottom line is, when you're a football fan, you go and you want to watch players like that mm. play for your team. I think <clears throat> I don't know about you guys, but um, I recorded the the game against Accrington because I'm sad like that. I always forget to do and, it. Um, I mean, no, but I always forget. Unlike it. I'm not like Gareth. I can't remember things verbatim. But it was interesting to see McGeady interviewed after the game. They actually got McGeady to present their guy with um, his bottle of champagne and wherever it was. And he was you could tell in the way he spoke. He was absolutely seething at the result and that they hadn't gotten three points. And it was just really interesting to listen to him. And the woman uh, who was asking the questions was like, well, good fight back and this, something. And then he was like, no, that's not good enough. And you could really tell that it, and I know it sounds daft, but like it really seemed like it meant something. Mm-hmm. And he was properly annoyed. Even when he was presenting the guy who he's bought the champion, it was like, right, that's not right. I'm, I'm away mm-hmm. now. Probably and thought he deserved it. <laughs> But honestly, it, it was refreshing to say that, like, yeah, we fought back, and everybody was sort of on a po- like it finished on a positive note because we'd fought back, and because, like you say, how it ended, and the fans were up because of the way things had gone. But he was still, like, honestly, if you'd seen the interview, you could just really mm. tell that he was just so annoyed at the fact that they hadn't turned that into three. Points. And that's good, and that's the attitude we want. I think mentioned there how good he was the last twenty minutes of that game in particular, the Accrington game, McGeady. Chris Maguire coming off the bench influenced that so much. Have you ever? Yeah. Can you? When was that something you can remember? Substitution making that much of a difference? It just mystifies you more mm. that he hasn't been in the team before that. Now he's injured. Will come on to that, but because he played against Luton, he scored against Luton. This is meant to be the cream of the crop of this division and stuff. He hasn't played since then, and then he come mm. on. He just he know he's got this knack of knowing at that end of the pitch where the second ball is going to land well, and where to pick the ball up and what and run to make where to drag the defender yeah I mean I think he was he was dropped out of the starting lineup for almost a month if you forget about the Checker Trade Trophy game which we've never played a full strength team in really um, I was particularly confused by it, it like Oxford because obviously he was the main man mm. there he had a shot against it, Oxford at all mine didn't he well he, well, he did he but that was like up. several months ago yeah, wasn't yeah. it but I'm Oxford away when <clears throat> like for instance one of our former players was on the bench and that's why we didn't win the game because of, you know because of his assist <laughs> if you're going to have someone on the bench to come on against a former team and you got someone like Maguire who was their best player mm-hmm. you know when he was there you'd be thinking you'd think well it always happens against us so like why not have it the other mm-hmm. way around but in like a, this, there's also certain games where we had like three central midfielders on the bench um I think it was one of the games last week. They all sort of like merge into mm-hmm. one, but we had McGee, Kapawa, and and Catamol on the mm-hmm. bench. I mean, like, how many central midfield players can you can you change during a game? Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. And it's such a shame, this injury, because I, yeah, you, totally. that substitute appearance... Um, Again, Sakriton, like I said, not just normal to pick well, the second balls up. Every time he gets a ball, he looks to get the ball in the box if he can, or he holds on to it and waits for one that he seems to know when the fullbacks are going to bomb past him. He just he picks the intensity I think, up. I think he's proved, you know, like he's obviously a really good footballer. And like when, when we first saw him, I was like, well, what's he doing in League One? You know, like why did he, why was he at the Bury finished like bottom of League One last year. So I think you've got to like look at his <clears> career and go like he's obviously really talented. He's moved around a lot, but it's because he's inconsistent in my opinion. That's why he hasn't achieved more because he's easily a Championship level player. Um, obviously, he's injured at the minute. So that's really frustrating. But I think maybe he's maybe he's not the greatest trainer in the world. Maybe he's inconsistent. So Ross probably thought, well, I'll leave him out for a while while the while the new players that I've brought in. Um, in the transfer window, get a chance, and then I'll bring him back in. And when he did bring him back in, he had an impact. Well, well I guess that's how you rotate the, the squad. The, in the forty-five minutes he's played since he came off the bench, we scored four goals, mm. and we hadn't scored more than one goal in the game in what? Yonk. Since since Yonk. Since, <laughs> since December, <laughs> since the, since we played Bristol Rovers, funnily enough. But I think I think Ross sort of jokingly touched upon it in our live pod at, at the Peacock. When he said when we all the stuff was coming about the the king stuff and, and all that, and he was like, "Please stop it! Like it's it's hard enough to keep his feet on the ground as it is. Please stop it!" And I think he jointly touched on like, mm. I think what Martin's saying maybe is if he's having like these like appearances where he's, he's doing the business, maybe it's during the I mean we're second guessing, but maybe it's during the week he might not be putting it in in training. Maybe he's he's not the most consistent in training, and I also think it's probably got something to do with Ross sort of. Changing his attitude towards tactics as well. Because well, I think we started this conversation saying like we need to go gung ho, and if we keep going gung ho, we'll score more than than we concede. And I think we started off playing like that. And every time you hear Ross talk about, it, he's like, I don't mind playing him because he might concede, but I know we're going to get this yeah. out and the other. I guess there also was a time when McGeady and Maguire were kind of getting in each other's way a bit when we were seeing a lot mm. of the ball, and everyone was like parking the bus. And they're kind of going to the same areas to, you know, like between the between the midfield and the attack to, to sort of like source the ball and find a bit of space. Um, although when he came on the other night, they were like working, they were complementing each other mm. like really well. Well, if I, I was going to replace um, Maguire at the weekend, which you'll have to, um, it would I'd br- bring what more back in? Um, well, now Gucci's injured. It's Gucci injured as well. Gucci's injured. Yeah, he? he's going to have to bring what more. Well, I'd bring what more back in because I thought he had an excellent game against Blackpool, um, and he gives you pace, doesn't he? And he can play wide. He can play in behind. Yeah, he's inter- back he, to that he intensity inter- that we need. Interchanges. Mm. You know the fact that we can lose Gucci and we can lose um, Maguire and bring what more in is, you know, as good as. Maguire has been and he would be in the t- as Morris said if he plays like that he'll be in the team at the end of the season there shouldn't be any any excuses on the depth of quality that they've got um, and I think it's more of a psych- an attitude I think Maguire helped change that attitude and bring that belief back in the way they want to play but somebody should be able to step in for Maguire and and you know maintain that intensity yeah. and pressure and you know I think definitely for me want more because he can 
you know, running behind stretch teams. He can go wide if he wants to. By the way, Greg, by I think people have talked about the goals and the chances he's missed or and all that, and he's been brought in to score. But I think his general play, he's a much better player than I expected. I thought that too. Yeah, I thought that too. Clever. I mean, yeah, his, he made a run in the. This sounds really dull and boring. We we look we put a ball down the line. <laughs> We've, yeah, Martin's just presenting me with a Will Griggs on fire light there. I thought we could do it as a competition. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah um, he, there was a ball down the line late in the second half on Tuesday night, and he ran the line, and he was he was. It it sounds like a boring bit of play, but it's it it means so much to the whole picture, and what we haven't had is that recently and he, he won the ball down the line you know he had no right to win it but it, it was his movement and the defender was favourite all day and he managed to get in front of him and, and, and get the ball wide and he's also he pushed, he's pushed a, people, a couple of people out of the way when we've scored from from corners and stuff yeah. and, and like you know things that obviously Magic never did because he's just a, a young lad I think also during this period of like all these draws we were kind of like adjusting to Losing our top scorer yeah. and like having a new guy come Very in as different well. Players and then yeah, exactly. And then sometimes you hit the ground running, sometimes you don't. But I feel like he's bedded in now. And against Oxford, he he wasn't really seeing that much of the ball. But I think some even some of the chances that he's that he missed, he kind of like almost created them himself yeah. by being in those situations. Yeah. But you know, with these like <clears> with these with these mindsets. And if you if you, I watched them again and again and. And he was making. He's been making some really good runs, yeah. and you know, getting to those situations. Well, he, gets, he mixes up with it. You know, you look at somebody out like White, who no, don't want to dig him out because he's got he'll come under a lot of stick. But you look at someone like him, and the way he battles with centre halves and fails. If you watch someone like Greg, the way he does it, for somebody who's a lot slighter than him and you wouldn't say profile is the kind of player who's going to go up against two centre-halves he knows when to challenge for the ball he knows when not to he knows when to try and win free kicks he'd be getting shoved in the back every time the ball went up the other night and he got nothing he knows when to gap there was a few times when there was a ball I came into an area where I thought there's two centre-halves coming towards the ball um, and he knows he's not going to win the ball so he doesn't go to it he runs behind the centre-halves because he knows they might make a mistake the ball bounces through them and he's in so one, like he'll do that a hundred times, and then one time the centre halves will miss the ball, and he'll be he'll be clean through one goal. And all, you know, it, it's he's a very intelligent player, and I yeah. think I'd, I honestly think like he'll score, you know, another eight nine goals before the end of the season. The mm. way he is, especially yeah. if we decide to, if we decide to go right, we're just gonna outscore teams. He he'll he'll get. I wouldn't be surprised if he got a hat trick before the end of the season yeah, I mean, in one game. <laughs> It's an old football cliche, but I wasn't digging them out before when I was saying that we missed those chances. I was trying to say that if we'd scored those goals, mm. it would have put a different mm. complexion on things. But like we keep saying, he's an intelligent player. And it's an old football cliche, but it's like what you say is any manager will say it. And it's like, as long as, he's, long as he's getting in them positions, and as long as he's getting on the end of it, but missing them, sooner or later, they'll start, unless he's Josie Altador, sooner or later, <laughs> they'll start going in. Very true, and I then, agree. Yeah. And then you'll just rate the rewards. I mean, that's, it, uh, and it's like Martin says, we get used to playing when you, you know, playing the when you're centre forward in a different way that we were playing with the I previous centre forward. I was thinking the other night, obviously, it's a shame that Maguire's injured, but but with Catamull and Ledbetter and Grigg and McGeady, we just looked like we had a bit more nous about ourselves, yeah. you know. 
and and like teams can sort of like work hard against us and do whatever they want. But I think if we keep on just like sort of having the same football philosophy and 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 as games go on, we'll just wear them down um, with those with those kind of experienced players in the team. We have had a bit of inconsistency. And there's, and there's there's lots of games which you know there was lots of games over Christmas, but there's lots of games this month as well. You know, it's there's just games all the yeah. time, um, and it is good to have that to have that squad because some of the teams were playing. If they had a few injuries, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I don't know what kind of quality they could they could bring in. Yeah. Certainly I mean, not from that week. I mean, like look at the right back situation yeah. for instance. You know, I mean, a lot of people think Matthews has been one of our best players this season. But can't get in the, in how, the how do you not no. play like Luke O'Neill the way that he kind of. Although actually defensively he, he made a few errors the other night, but he won his two penalties. He was like everywhere. He's just you know. I thought the centre back, sorry, the full backs in the second half were very good both sides. I thought James had a good game, and he's he been a bit off the boil recently. I would have been tempted to try and get Oviedo back into the team if he was fit. Um, but I mean, going back to you know the point and Gregor, what you were saying about the chances. If you compare it to someone like Jerome Sinclair. In the, in the four games that Griggs played, he's had more chances than yeah. Jerome Sinclair had when we were playing really well when he was playing. And I think, and it's not a coincidence, it's because, like you say, he, know, he knows. It's good. So, sometimes as a fan, you just watch a game and you think, yeah, he's a player. And Greg looks like that. And looks I, like I'm, a I'm not worried player, about yeah. him all. No, that no, said, absolutely not. That and said, that, you know, he's very I, cool, isn't he? I don't think I've ever been as nervous for a penalty in yeah. life. Honestly, <laughs> you know like, even more he, so than well, it was that, a penalty was the thing, shootout. I watched. I, there's this. There's this thing on YouTube of all a load of the goals that he scored against that he scored for Wigan, and his his penalties were quite sort of flamboyant. He what he didn't take them at all like he did the other night. He was kind of going quite high. Yeah, into the net. And, yeah, yeah. And I was thinking, if he takes one like that and it goes wide, it's mm. going to look really arrogant. But obviously, he just put it away neatly and. It worked out well, didn't? Because obviously McGeady gave him the ball for that, and then <coughs> McGeady then still got his goal. So everyone's say, he's saying like, "I'll give you that," but I'm still the penalty taker. By the way, <laughs> that um, the one that was the thing that was making us nervous is he couldn't spot the ball. Yeah, you yeah, know, it went that. on forever. Didn't I know it? he would like it wouldn't sit, and he was like saying to the referee, "Look, it's it, there's a divot in the in the penalty spot," and I was like, "It's, it's not what David, you want, is it?" When David Beckham <laughs> against Portugal, like written mm. all over him, oh. slipping over on his backside. Yeah. Imagine that—that that that could have killed him off. Did lot. you notice where Catamore was on on one of the? Pe- oh yeah, in the in the goal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Afterwards, they were like going ref, like well, you were running as well. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the never the only time I've ever seen a penalty disallowed for encroachment was the FA Cup fifth round against uh, Watford, mm. and we lost one nil. And Sorensen saved. saved the penalty. It was from Tommy Smith, who went on to play for us next year. Saved the penalty. That would have been the first penalty saved at the stadium, like before John McLaughlin saved on this season, I believe. Really? Or, no, the first penalty was, was was saved at home since Tony Norman saved the penalty. He scored the retake, didn't he? And like he went out. The park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he scored the retake and went out. Well, you mentioned John McLaughlin there. We get stick for not mentioning him in the last couple of podcasts because he's that good but that's probably the reason and that he's a victim of his position again isn't he where we are allowed to trust in like goalkeepers again and it's almost it's just expected of him isn't it it's so, been a while yeah. isn't it since we've been able to trust in the goalkeeper he's, he's the antidote to like the three we had last year isn't he he's exactly what we needed mm. he just does everything right doesn't he solid you know, you, you, every time the ball um, goes bounce sort of there's a second ball in the box or it bounces you just know he's going to come and get it as well I thought he was a little bit dodgy in some instances the other night he had a couple of moments his kickings are still a bit suspect mm. I think it's generally quite good oh, he's, but 
he's like a ten-year-old sometimes. Some, he tries to, like, well, he tries to do he's that. Trying to make a straightforward pass. He tries to do that flat, that kind of flat one wide, doesn't he? But he, he, he like he's not Jordan Pickford. Is no, he? no. Well, who is? <laughs> um, but he had it. There was a shot like that. He it was probably moving a lot. One of those ones from distance. What he let them take, and he it was wobbling all over, and he like patted it down right in the six-yard box, and there was some people around. Um, at it, three two that was, but I'm not. You know, yeah, but last season that one went through somebody's hands and straight. Yeah, yeah, it would have been five nil down by then. They'd <laughs> yeah, only exactly. had three shots on target. That's I think how bad they were. I think he's definitely good. Like if we manage to get up this season, oh yeah, then, oh, then I think you know easily. Yeah, then yeah. He's, he's good enough for the championship. Absolutely. You know, we might need to sign some some backup from. A, I think there is a bit of a, someone was saying. Imagine if we're in a really important game and he and he gets sent off, and then we've got like a couple of games to go. And then we wouldn't we wouldn't have him. Then there would be like miles panic. Mind to be fair, right there when he's played, he's made some decent saves. I, I think saw there was Robin Wright on Saturday. By did the way. you carry on? There was one in, in particular at the. Um, <laughs> was there any context to that? Or? No, no. I'll tell you, go back your point. There was one. I, think, I can't remember we were playing, but I think it might be Notts County. You made a really good save from a header, um, like right down low to his left, which was like. The weak point mm-hmm. last year, yeah. Um, but I think, and he, he came on. He did all right when McLaughlin went off with his thigh problem. I think I can't remember those games, and I think he they hit the bar at the end. It might have been Bristol Bro- Rovers, um, and they went through and hit the bar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but he came out and like put the guy under pressure and, and all that kind of thing. So he's been, you know, I don't think he's a bad backup right No, I just think what he's for what he's going to be on financially, we could probably yeah. find someone. Like better if you know, like in and in, in move him on and, and like yeah. bring, bring more players in for the money. If we, if he's not going to be playing, I mean he's obviously on on more money than the McLaughlin because yeah. you know because of the summer signings. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of like a bit of a waste, really. <clears throat> but I guess if you're a goalkeeper, you don't expect to be playing every week, do you? You no. know, it's no, you know, there's a good things. chance you're not going to. It was at Adventure Valley, by the way. Great. Do you know what that is? Is it some kind of family thing? Yeah, it's, so it's next to... Is it bounce, Is it like uh, trampolines? It's like a farmyard and then they put trampolines and slides and stuff there. There's um, an adult one now, apparently. It's, <laughs> what, go up? Is it? Yeah. It's... Has um, it never been? No, no, me. So it's up next to... Just go to the pub. <laughs> the prison next to Finkel Abbey. So oh, were you in the prison as well? No, no, but it was about, it was about um, five-year-old's birthday and she had a birthday party there and you just walk... But you go on these little huts... And that's where one of the attractions. And he just walk, he just walk, he just walk past us. Oh, there's Robin Wright. That is a, a, bit, a bit random. That is the worst idea in the world, by the way. The whole thing where people instead of going to the pub, they decide to go and do an activity, especially like when you're on a stag do or something. Like, oh, we'll go and do this. And then I've never been absolutely disgraced. Yeah. Why? Why would you do that? You're not going to do that. Somebody always gets injured as well. It's just an idiotic idea. I've never been and a stag do where that's been booked. suggested. It's, it's always, always just booked. drink, drink, yeah. drink. It's always like booked as well. We'll get, do it at like ten o'clock uh, tomorrow morning. It's like. I'm not going I'll to pay be, if I have to but I'm not going to be fair my last year Benidorm last year I could have done with an activity rather than another <laughs> day in the pub I was a broken just, man just that's either. what Stag do is all about do you have any interesting stories from Saturday Gareth from Saturday <laughs> what happened on Saturday don't know you we had a me. day off oh you, we're talking weekends off yeah oh, I was in London football, yeah. I was in London quite yeah. expensive down there wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah <laughs> <laughs> my wife didn't listen to this so it's alright <laughs> Do you want I to talk us through a little yeah. situation? Step by yeah. step. I was at a, a birthday party of a friend in London. They live in Richmond and the place, it was in Richmond and I, I like a whiskey so um, I thought, oh, I'm 
Macallan 18 on the shelf. I was like, well, it's all right. I was like, I love Macallan. He was like, 18? I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Pour it out, brought it over. He was like, it's £40 for a single. And the, the, I was like, all right. Like, I meant to. I was like, yeah, no problem at all. So I switched, obviously, my debit card for the credit card at that point. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not joking, I did. So you and didn't... You, 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 bought, you bottled it, you didn't, you didn't actually... Uh, <laughs> well, I wish you had bottled it, because in the glass it was 40 quid. But I tell you, do you know what? It, the worst thing about it was, and it would... Like, when he... Because we were at a party, and it was like... Oh, when he went single or double... I mean, that was a that was the best decision. <laughs> yeah. if, I'd, if I'd gone, oh, I'll have a double. It would have been like 60 That would have just quid. been, the, no, it would have been 80, 80, 80 quid. No, they don't always, they normally give, doubles not normally just exactly yeah, twice no, well, the cost a, of a single, a single 25 mm. mil measure or 30 mil measure of whiskey is not normally 40 it's impre- pounds. It's impressive. I'd love to know if anyone's paid more than that for one single drink. There's I'm not talking like somebody. bottles of champagne or, or bottles of whiskey. I'm talking about a single well, measure. You know, it's nearly as expensive as Conor Wickham's bottle of champagne, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 11 years ago. Oh, yeah, the £17,000 <laughs> bottle of champagne. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, the, that would have been expensive per glass if you were working the, out were, units. That was it was uh, one of the worst moments of my life. I have to say <laughs> that, that when he said forty pounds, I was thinking, did he say fourteen? There, that's a quite <laughs> fourteen pounds, quite expensive. No, well, fourteen. Well, my mate was like going on about they do these old old fashions there apparently, and it's basically a double old fashioned. Mm. And he was like, it's about 28, 29 quid for this drink. And I was like, I'm not paying for that. I'm getting a whiskey. <laughs> 40 pounds. That's like, backfired. Like, yeah. oh, I should have had the old, old-fashioned. They would have had a double. Amusing story, nonetheless, for the rest Garris of us. funny story. Was, um, was it worth it? Was it nice? It was quite nice. <laughs> it's what but it like, be, it, it? it wasn't 40 pounds. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> he'd paid for all like, the drinks for the party. Attack, no, thinking about it. He'd paid for all the drinks for the party. So like, I'd had... So I was like balancing that after going, well, if I'd had that much drink and paid, it would probably be more than £40. So I like a bit of calm. Try, try to convince yourself. Yeah. yeah, to try and live with myself. Oh, well, yeah. put it down to experience. That's all you can do. Um, put it on the credit card. <laughs> we are, I paid it off now. It's fine. We'll quickly talk about um, the Bristol Rovers game then. First of two games against Bristol Rovers in the next couple of weeks. Um, looking forward to that semi-final. But we've got a league game first that we need to get through. <laughs> What do people do then with, with team selections? There are a couple of dilemmas, I think. Um, certain midfield partnerships not going to be one of them, but who plays in front of them certainly going to be the three there. Do we think Honeyman keeps his place? Gooch's injury would suggest he would now anyway, mm. and it's going to be who would come in apart from that. Can anybody what's see past Go- what What's good Gooch done, by the way? Hamstring or something. They're just expecting one game, I think. Oh, is it just yeah. a bit tight, yeah. isn't it? Fair enough. Yeah. Anybody see past what more now? Probably not. I mean... He possibly could have played the other night, but I think they're just they're just kind of like keeping him tidy, aren't they, with this one game a week? Um, and hopefully, he hasn't had any reactions. But it would be great if he could <clears throat> if he could get a couple of goals and just because because I feel as if he I feel as if he needs that. Um, he obviously he looks fit, and it's it's weird with Watmore because everyone was like, "Oh, he's amazing," and then he came in the team and he was still quite raw, and then he was never really the finished product. When he when he got his first injury and then and then his other one, so he's still like coming back and like learning his game. Yeah. Um, and and Ross has obviously said anything he gets from him this season is is a bonus. So he's he's kind of like not putting the pressure on him. But I think I think he needs to play on Saturday. Um, and I think playing away from home, there's less there's less pressure on him. He'd probably bring Morgan in as well if there's injuries to like creative players. I think he's, that's one of his favourites. But he hasn't really sort of done that much. 
so far for me. He's mm-hmm. been a bit. Mm, and he really, but to be fair, but you know it's early days, isn't it? It's, and the team hasn't the team hasn't played no. well in the games that he's that he's featured in. No. He's obviously comfortable on the ball, but um, I mean, he played actually played well in the the, the Wimbledon uh, game. The Wimbledon game. Yeah. Um, but I just yeah, think he's, he's still settling in. I think yeah, like, yeah. I'd rather have him coming off the bench and making an impact late in games. At the There's minute, a chance for him now, then, like I say, because I mean, none of us went to him as a go-to option now. None of us went to him as a go-to option there when, when we yeah, thought about uh, when we thought about who was going to replace now with Maguire and Gooch both being out. Another dilemma is his centre half situation. And I mean, why I, I, we said Flanagan's um, partner or wife went in, into labour, but he was on the bench after that first centre half on the team sheet for me by far. Flanagan. It's Tom oh, Flanagan. Yeah. Um, so it's that decision now against the the problem we, we is the. Dunn's not our player, which you've got to factor in because you think he's not going to be here next season. Do we need to develop him? But there's still an issue with Baldwin for me. I know he scored I against we Blackpool, were, yeah. but he, he was terrible for that. But goal. by the same token, are you thinking that Baldwin's going to make the step up next we season? We might have to. That I don't know. Well, you're going to look for another one, aren't you, surely, in the summer would, if, if you go well, up? If we go I think up. so, but so he, might be, he might be needed at some point. I know, but like, if you're talking about going up, and you don't think Baldwin's going to be along for the ride, then I wouldn't particularly worry too much about developing Burnley's player in Dunn. People, thoughts? I think I think we were weak um, on set pieces and central defensively because because they're both pretty skinny, aren't they? Like Baldwin and Flanagan, and I think that's he wanted that powerful centre half. And since he's brought him in, he's played him. He's played him every game. Good and, in both I think, boxes. And, and I think we are starting to look better on corners because of him and because of Ledbetter. You know, we, we were terrible on set pieces before that. Teams were almost just giving us a corner and like probably laughing at themselves, thinking, "What are they going to do now?" Because we're all we're all massive. So I think the big, against the bigger, stronger teams, which which Accurate and weren't, for instance, you know, then we could probably lose done. But I think in the air, when he's getting battered, he's he's be, he's better in the air than those two. But he's but he's not like. He's not going through a great form at the minute, but I think he just needs to decide his, his best two centre halves and play them every week because you need that. You need that spine. Yeah. It's different with wide players and strikers come on and off, but you, you never really substitute like a centre half unless he's injured, do you? you know I'd what be I mean? surprised if he changes it. You need. You but he's looking. He's looking for changes in like now, every every game. You need he? that mm. understanding between a centre defensive partnership. You need to know where the guy who you playing alongside is going to be is he picking that man up or do you need to pick that man up you can't really do that if you in and out one week you're playing with him next week you're playing with him I think the, other the thing different is, styles the, the other thing is like Baldwin and Flanagan are both on the right foot yeah. whereas like Dunn's on his mm. on his left so I think that he hasn't been like obviously it's not always the case when you've you know like when you're chasing someone but it's it's nice to have like a left footed and, and a right footed, but I think Flanagan and Baldwin as well, and and maybe some key games away from home, like say Barnsley, where we're going to get battered, they can both operate at fullback as well. You know when when we are going to have to defend, not like break teams down who are going to like park the bus. Um, so I think in time you might see all three of them playing in in, in one team, but just for for certain games. Just finally, then the other only selection dilemma I can think of, people might say. Um, will be the right back situation because some people want to see all nine in the midfield, yeah. which could be an option um, as the most advanced midfielder ahead of Catamore Ledbetter and bring Matthews in, who is fit. And Ross has just said he's got to fight his way back into the team. So thoughts on that? Quickly. I think it's his natural position, and he 
possibly deserves a chance there. Um, See, we've been saying that for weeks now. Though. Yeah, and he does not like it's going to happen. When the I chance think he came, played he him there the first bench. game of the season, didn't he? Didn't he? Mm-hmm. When the when the chance came to put him in midfield after his performances at right back, he put him on the bench and right and Matthews played right back. Yeah. So does not like it's going to happen, does it? <clears throat> I mean, I'd, I'd you know he, he played well the other night, and I think I'd probably keep him there. I'd be tempted to bring Baldwin back in alongside <clears throat> um, Flanagan, just because they weren't too bad, really, were they? Um, during that period, I mean, at the start of the season, um, I mean, the game we lost at Portsmouth, Leuven's played and got sent off. Um, I don't know what the centre, who the centre backs were at. Uh, Burton. At Burton. But I think I it was. I think it was them too. Was it? it? So we've only lost. We definitely only lost one game with those two playing together at centre half. Mm-hmm. And but I think Flanagan. It's interesting watching him and Dunn and how Flanagan's a lot more. Mature in the way he defends, and you know, does because he's big, he's liable to get drawn into these physical off the ball scuffles and all that, and trying to get too tight to people. And Flanagan the other night was just like wandering in front of people and hitting the ball away from them rather yeah. than getting involved in physical, stupid physical stuff. So, I think Flanagan and, and Baldwin are obviously they've played a lot of games in, the, in this <clears> league and they know what to expect. And you know, maybe Dunn's just I think he was decent before that era at Oxford. Um, so it, it might be it might be wise to like mm. to rest them like I said previously and and, and bring those in. But I think when you are playing yeah. against like really big players um, and on set pieces as well, then Dunn's definitely you know like handy as you as you. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd give him a couple more games. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be like oh you know he's got to get out get him out. But I'm just saying I wouldn't be adverse even though Baldwin was, wasn't great. Don't think Dunn's been great either, and Baldwin and, and, and Flanagan have played quite well together. So. I'm just think going back to the nine thing. I think I could be wrong, but I think Ross sees both him and James. What they give you offensively, he's willing to risk defensively. So I think both of them sort of a mistake in them at the back, and I think all nine sometimes gets caught out because it's not his natural position. But I think Ross seems to be willing to risk that. Um, yeah. In terms of what he gets with well, him, he's, he's got goals forward. and assists yeah. in him, hasn't he? And as, two as, 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 as he's proved, you know. Yeah. I'd be interested I mean, to see he's what, like something like our fifth top scorer randomly. I'd, I'd be surprised to see what all nine can do with that position, considering he's never played there before. He might yeah. only get better at it, and he, he seems like the play, kind of lad. He could probably play centre half. He seems like the kind of lad who would work anyway. at it as well, anyway. So I'm conscious we've rambled on. Um, we don't normally like to go over 45 minutes. And I think we definitely have, have we? We've gone on about. I said think. I said think, and definitely there. Right. So. Hopefully we'll win. Do people think we'll win quickly? Anybody concerned? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Full house on that. Martin's not looking, so I'm going to take as a yes. I'm just seeing what I'm getting for my dinner. <laughs> Steak. Right. Thanks for listening. <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.